0: Hello, everyone. It's Giselle Toner, and welcome to Ignite Your Value. This is the show that's all about you up-leveling yourself. If you feel like there's something in your life where you're really not raising, rising up to the occasion or really meeting your expectations and something is wrong, this is where you're going to find lots of help. But more importantly, I will give you certain ways to do things and certain ways to change and feel really good again. But I do interviews with people that are really amazing. And I really try to pick the people that are going to have the biggest impact. And today I have someone that's really, really special. His name is Greg Johnson, and you're going to hear his story, which is quite amazing. But he is somebody who is really, really grounded, but it didn't happen overnight. So let me read a little bit about Greg and his story. So Greg Johnson, Greg is a master group facilitator. With his own life experience and his unique style of motivational teaching, Greg helps those struggling with drug and alcohol sobriety to remain sober after treatment. He speaks the language of spiritual recovery and knows how to connect with those in need of his message. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Greg, because I know that you can tell your story much better than I can. And welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Giselle. I'm so grateful to be here with you. And I I really appreciate you having this forum for us to share our stories and to ignite your, your listeners. So thank you for the gift that you give to us. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, So sobriety is my passion. Uh, It is my life. I am totally invested in serving those that are struggling with addiction and alcoholism. Um, it's, It's my mandate to be about this work. There's no other option. And it really stems from my own life experience. I believe that we are given life experience to go through in order to heal and transform our lives in order to be about that work and to be able to assist others in healing and transforming their lives. Um, That said, uh, growing up with my father, who is the individual that brought forth my healing and my transformation, uh, my father began his journey at a very young age. When he was 18, he was drafted into the Vietnam War. And he was this beautiful young boy, these gorgeous eyes, so innocent, naive, And uh, he went over to that war and saw some horrific, horrific events. And he never really talked about them. There was only one time that he really broke down in the living room and started talking about what had happened. And he caught himself and he stopped talking about it um, because he had never been given the platform or the opportunity to share uh, those traumatic experiences that he witnessed And so that said, he began drinking and using speed when he was over there in the war. That's when he was introduced to drugs and alcohol. And so when he came home, rather than having that healing opportunity, uh, to, to transform and to get through that experience, he turned to what he had learned to do there, which was drugs and alcohol. And over the course of the years, his drinking and his drug use escalated unbeknownst to me because I was that young naive child that didn't, didn't know what was taking place. My parents divorced when I was in fifth grade and they ultimately remarried one another my freshman year of high school. And when I moved back into my father's home, I witnessed some really erratic behavior. He would be gone for days and then he would come home and crash on the couch and just sleep for, it seemed like for days he would sleep. And so unbeknownst to me, he was deep in a drug addiction and I had no idea. I questioned why his behavior was the way it was. And so after I moved out of the house, after high school, when I graduated, I was in contact with my father. My parents separated again at that point, wild. And I moved to Miami. And in 1996, I received a phone call uh, from my brother. Uh, telling me that my father had died of a drug overdose, that he had died of a methamphetamine overdose. And my uncle had found him in a small traveling camper that he was living in. Uh, He was slumped over with a tourniquet wrapped around his arm and a needle in his hand um, from a methamphetamine overdose. Now, at that time, I had no inclination or knowing what methamphetamine was. I had no idea. Um, It just... And my mind can not wrap itself around what had taken place. I know a drug overdose, um, but the depth of his despair, I did not fully understand at that time. How and so old I, you? How I was, I was 25,
0: 25. Okay.
1: Yeah. Just shy of my 26th birthday. And I was living in Miami and going to school and, you know, Miami South beach, we would party, we'd go out and drink and experiment, um, have fun. Um, but after that, in that moment, that call, I felt myself shatter mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it would just shatter into pieces. And so what happened was, um, I began experimenting more with uh, drugs and alcohol, going deeper into that experimentation. And what I've come to realize is that there was something within me After getting sober myself, I've come to realize that there was something within me that desired to know exactly what he went through, that it was a soul consciousness, that my soul, my destiny was driving me to go down the road my father went down, unbeknownst to me, no idea that this was taking place. When I look at it at that time, it was me coping with his death because I was so fearful that that would happen to me, that I would go down that path. So I did like my father. I did what I knew to do in order to cope with the feelings that I was having. And that was to use drugs and alcohol. So ironic, isn't it? Yeah. And so it worked, it worked for a great while, but then things got really, really bad. Um, and about nine years into that endeavor, um, things were falling apart. I was falling apart. I was trying to heal from these traumas, but not given the platform to do that. And I was, I was, I was dying. Um, now my father shot up meth, right? He used needles. And so in my, my thinking, my warped thinking, um, that if I did not shoot up meth, I would be okay. So I used it. I, I did other ways of, of of utilizing meth, thinking that I would be fine. And so what happened was after um, four days of being up, not putting anything in my body except math no water, no liquid, no food, nothing. And I remember walking into the bathroom. uh, It was four in the morning to use the bathroom. And I looked in the mirror and I saw myself. And I saw that there was nobody there. There was like no one home. And it was like this light bulb that had gone off. And I was like, what is, what has happened to me? What is going on? And I could hear the voice of God saying, my son, you, you are not going to die that you are in the process of dying. And if you do not stop, you will be dead like your father. And it was just like, It was a spiritual awakening. And in that moment I did something so powerful. I prayed and I said, please God help me. And I didn't know what was going to take place, how it was going to take place. But I tell you that prayer, that sincerity, that vulnerability of that prayer opened up doors unimaginable to me at that moment. And my life began to change. And just incredible journey um yeah
0: that that is making me honestly you know i mean i interview people and lots of times they give me their stories and i feel whenever i get the chills it's like you know you are hitting some real strong points here oh so that prayer you actually gave the universe and god or whatever you want to call it everybody's got a different a different word for the higher level, the higher power, but you gave your highest level, your high power, God, you gave it the green light. Like, please help me. And it always does. It always does. You just have to ask for it. You need to make it known that you are ready. You're sincere. And it always does.
1: Absolutely. Yes. It's so true.
0: So, so continue. I didn't want to interrupt
1: you, but go ahead. Um, and so what, what I've come to understand is that, um, you know, the traumatic experience of losing my father, um, that in this divine scheme of things, in this divine plan, that in order for me to have life, that my father sacrificed his life, that he gave of his life so that I may have life, so that I may be sober, so that I may do this work. And losing my father just, it, it deepens, it deepens what we're up to here, right? And it's, it's exquisite, it is the biggest blessing. And now um, getting sober, uh, so the angel showed up, right? Uh, a friend of mine, she was getting sober, she was 15 days sober ahead of me. And we had a conversation at work one night she's like, "How are you doing?" And I just broke down and began crying and she says, "I have something for you and She began to work with me and take me to fellowship um, to learn about the nature of this disease of alcoholism and addiction because I didn't know what I was up against. you know, I tried to manage it for so long on my own and and not willing to surrender um, and when I did surrender, as you said. Uh, that that way of learning about what I'm up against, uh, rushed into my life and then she took me to a spiritual community here in los angeles which i'm still very involved with today and when i arrived at that spiritual community community uh, i began to learn about the presence of god and spirituality right and create a a a spirituality and a god of my understanding the one that was always within me as a child right at a young age i grabbed my dad's bible and i'd go out on the sidewalk and preach and talk about jesus and love and all of that and mm-hmm. the neighbors would be like oh you brainwashed this child and they're, <laughs> like, they're like no he just does that right so th- there was always this knowing within me and as I progressed in life you know I would hear different dogma or different variations or what I needed to be or if I didn't do this then you know you're going here and all of that it which just threw me into fear absolute fear yeah and as I began this journey of sobriety, I began to understand that that knowing within me was in fact true. All the while, that I was okay, that I was perfect, that I was whole, that I was complete, that I was right on point, that I didn't have to worry about it. And it reconnected me to that truth that dwelled within me, right? This yes. new journey of spirituality. And it just lit me up and it, it, it fired me up. And I went through a four-year study program, uh, became licensed as a spiritual practitioner, to To just deepen into God, because you know I was a sick individual, I was so broken that I needed I needed a recovery program, and I needed a spiritual that deep spiritual program. I could not do it without one or the other, and I had to build this life of spirituality step by step, studying years and years and study, and I still study to this day to deepen and open and learn because it 's a never ending expansion of learning right. Exactly. the nature of this universe this universe is infinitely expanding and is the same with our lives right yeah
0: yeah and so
1: i just dug in and i eat it and i live it and i breathe it because it it gives me power it gives me supply and so what i've done is develop this work around sobriety based upon my study based upon my life experience and so god divine plan i became licensed as a spiritual practitioner in 2009 and i really wanted to build that practice i'm like oh i love working with my clients and i love seeing them have this spiritual awakening and spiritual transformation oh god how do i go about it the universe i set that intention and don't you know a good friend of mine my best friend in fact um his family, his wife opened a a treatment facility. And they're like, Hey, Greg, come in and do, why why don't you do some groups? And I began there doing groups there and it just exploded within three years serving uh, five facilities in in Malibu and Calabasas and doing this powerful spiritual healing work with these clients. Wow. Yeah.
0: That that, that is incredible. So you actually... Are traveling to different locations to do your work, or they come to you? Is it basically you're traveling around?
1: Both, both, oh,
0: both. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. When well,
1: we're working out of the treatment facilities, I travel travel to them and meet them right where they are. Okay. It, it, it is both, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. So. so
1: if, yes. Go
0: ahead. No, no. I, mean, I had. A, I'm just so excited. But go ahead. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um. And so what we've come to realize, right, I've, I've spent thousands of hours working with clients and what we come to realize over and over and over again, so many clients coming back to treatment, right? Like seventh, eighth, ninth time over and over again and not able to identify what, what is not working, what is missing. There is clearly something that is missing. And I would say, a hundred percent of the time, the missing component is a spiritual component. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: And you, when you say the word spiritual, a lot of people, um, you know, they're, they're great with it and they're very familiar with it and they have a spiritual practice and a spiritual life. But a lot of people are turned off because they think it's, oh, you know, I've got to get into religion and I'm not a religious person. It's got nothing to do. I'm pretty sure it's got nothing to do with any real organized religion. It's really you connecting to your highest power, whatever that may be for you. And every one of us has that. I don't care if you're an atheist. Every one of us has that you've got. Every one of us has a little voice inside that sometimes just becomes very loud. when Something needs to be heard. Okay.
1: So I'm so excited because if I may share this. So what I've done with all of this study, with all of this working with clients thousands and thousands of hours, I've created a powerful system, if I may share with you. And I want to I want to give the listeners some value here, right? Something they can walk away with and implement. Right here, right now, that makes spirituality so simple. It it simplifies, it takes away all of that because, you know, when I talk to clients first coming into sobriety and we talk about God or higher power or spirituality, it's like, oh, no, you don't. No way. Mm -mm. I don't I don't want a relationship with God. I don't believe in God. I don't trust God. God did this. I did this to God. God, So I don't deserve it. There's like all the story around it. Right. And which creates fear, doubt, worry. And we want to dissolve it right here with our listeners right now. That's okay. We we just dissipate all that like that. We're like, now,
0: now, can can this work for people with different kinds of addictions? Because I know that there are many people that not only have drug or alcohol, a lot of people have food addictions, gambling, internet, crazy stuff, addictions to so many things. So this is for any kind of addiction, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, this is uh, the spiritual design for successful sober living. Five Steps to Strengthen Your Recovery. Now, when we say sobriety, right, uh, typically in, it is identified with drugs and alcohol. Now, sobriety is about a clarity of mind, right? Not right. putting toxins into your body and not doing activities that-, that, that um, Harmful harmful thank you right that that bring harm that that make us foggy that's the word i was looking at right yeah. That gives a, that fog give us a fog mentally emotionally spiritually right so when we eliminate those behaviors and those substances it brings us into a state of consciousness a state of well-being a state of sobriety i get so excited because it's so powerful mm-hmm. so the five steps Here they are. Write these down. Get a pen. They're so simple. They're so great. Um, Number one, cherishing your sobriety. Cherishing your sobriety. Number two, and you just touched upon this, listening to the knowing. Listening to the knowing. Number three, seeing a vision. Seeing a vision. Number four is about creating sacred ritual. Creating sacred ritual. And number five, experiencing miracles and magic. Experiencing miracles and magic. Yeah. And so if I may expand upon, we, we, we have limited time, so we'll do, number one, if we could talk about number one, that would be great, yes. cherishing your sobriety, right? Yes. Now, cherishing is an energy. It's an energetic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a gift that we are given, right? right? And if we take it for granted, we will not keep it. We will throw it away, in fact. We will give it away so easily. We must understand what a gift it is. We must be grateful for it, right? Now, the way in which we enact that energetic of gift and gratitude, there's some things that we can do that will assist us in cultivating that mindset, that energy of gratitude, and knowing that this is a gift. Now, uh, three points I want to bring up. Uh, Environment. Environment. So, in order to cherish our sobriety, this gift of consciousness and awareness, it, you know, it's just very simple. We cannot put ourselves in those situations that are harmful. We can't go into a casino. We can't go into a bar. We can't surround ourselves with those people that are in that, right? That want to bring us down. Like, oh, you're fine now. You can go out and have a drink. You're not gambling now. You can go out and gamble, right? Like, come with us. The devil in disguise, if you will, metaphorically there is speaking. so we must be mindful about the environment the people that we surround ourselves with the actual physical environment that to eliminate the places that we used to go to and start putting ourselves in places that support us mentally emotionally spiritually right um number two responsibilities right we get clean we get sober we stop doing what we're doing and then we would immediately want to jump back into our life our job our career our family all of that becomes more important than what we did to get sober right. so we think we're sober now we're fine and we can stop doing the work that we did to get to this point a big huge mistake cannot Absolutely cannot do that, and we know this because we have worked with client after client that has relapsed because of this very point right here. It is yeah. of utmost uh, importance. This information, implementing this information, will save our lives and keep us on the path of healing and transformation. Sobriety and the work that we did must always, 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 can I say always again, always come first. Yeah. Everything, okay? Yeah. Um, number three, appearances, focusing on the external. Mm-hmm. and so what happens is the work that we do initially in becoming sober, sober is it's an internal exploration right mm-hmm. it's about uh, healing from within yes. and so once we encounter that opportunity to heal and we, and we have a sense of healing then we our, our paradigm shifts our perspective shifts and then we go back looking outside of ourselves right like the house the car, the money, the relationship. If I had this and that, we begin to focus on the external rather than keeping the focus on the internal, right? right. Yeah. It's a huge trigger and it causes relapse over and over again, right? right? So we must be conscious, we must be mindful, and we must be aware to always be focusing from within first and when we focus from within first the we will manifest the external it will naturally come right it is sweet shift in perspective and it's huge yeah yeah so those three points are key in cherishing your sobriety and when we do those things when we put our sobriety first right and when we surround ourselves and put ourselves in healthy environments physically mentally emotionally and spiritually and when we keep the focus from in within yeah our lives will flourish absolutely be given to you absolutely
0: you know when you talk about really being able to put yourself first this is really what it's all about putting yourself first of course all these things or the byproducts. You are first. You have to follow these steps, you know, it, and it really will just make such a big difference in your life. But so many people do not put themselves first. Um, I know for a fact that the women that I work with, a lot of them are coming from a place of they have served others for so long that they basically just don't even feel like they deserve anything good. And When you become addicted, that really is putting the Band-Aid on pain. You know, you really want to find some way to feel better again. So you go to these external ways to feel better. But when you learn how to really focus inwardly and listening to that higher power, you become so filled up that you don't need anything. You don't need that Band-Aid. You don't need that drug or that drink or that extra seven cookies or whatever it is that you're addicted to. You know, you really become so much more aware of the internal signals that are happening. And that's the key, the clarity, like you said, really getting clear on really, really listening. That's one of the major ones for my people anyway, you know. Absolutely. Um, Now, do you have people that come to you for things other than the drugs and the alcohol? You do have other kinds of addictions that people come to you with?
1: Absolutely. I had a client this morning, in fact, that's addicted to depression and sadness. Wow. woe is me, oh my God, my life, wow, 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 wow. And, and I'm not belittling that, but it, it is an addiction to, a, to a, a depressive mind state, right? And we, we had a powerful session this morning where we just snapped her right out of it. We got her back to the truth of her knowing and her being, right, that we are blessed, that we are powerful, that we are abundant. And, you know, it's just that fogginess. It, it slips us into that fogginess and we get sucked in there them exactly. Right out of there. So absolutely. That's one example today. Uh, food, uh, gambling. I have a friend uh, that I work with that's uh, suffered from gambling issues. So yeah, it manifests in many ways. And I want to go back to the point that you brought up about doing this work. Um, we had a client come through, right, and worked with him for a good 60 days. Relapse, compulsive relapser. And he was able to break that cycle. He went back to his family, went back to his newborn child, right? Implementing these tools, applying this knowing, and this truth, and this understanding. And he reaches out to me and gives me updates. And he's like, I I just can't thank you enough. I'm so happy. I feel so free, I'm full of joy, I love my life. And this goes back into the value and the worth of who and what we are, that now he is connected to his passion and his purpose for his life, that he is fulfilled from within. And he does not need those external things to fulfill him anymore, because by doing this work and living in this way, that he is full and overflowing from within. and not just materially, but spiritually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, when people really start to get a taste of this, of what you are teaching and what you are showing them, they never want to go back if they grasp it strongly enough and really start to work with it and allow it to unfold really beautifully the way it should. And once they get a taste of that, they don't want to go back. They just don't. They just do not want to go back to it. But The problem is getting them to stick with it long enough to really go through your program and go through the teachings and really, you know, getting enough of that inside of them where they really feel strong so that they're not going to go back again. You know, a lot of the people that I work with, they are addicted to thinking small, just like you said. And I have a whole thing that I do on thinking small because it is an addiction. Thinking small is an addiction because there are, quote unquote, Benefits to it. They're not benefits, but they perceive them as benefits, such as people coming to their rescue and getting more love because of the fact that they're down in the dumps. And it becomes something that they feel significant because people are running to their rescue. And then the next thing you know, it becomes a habit and it becomes a really bad habit, an addictive process. So you know exactly, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I think we kind of are speaking the same language here.
1: Yes, you know, it, and oftentimes in that place, uh, it, it becomes a habit, and in that habit, uh, it, there's safety. There's a sense of safety, and That's there's right. a, there's a sense of comfort. You know, it's a false sense of safety, a false sense of comfort. It is imprisonment, right? Yes. It, it's the very thing that imprisons us without us even knowing it. We exactly. think we're safe. we think we're comfortable. We are in prison That's right. Uh, there are two things that to, to address the point that you're talking about. Here's, a, here's some more great information for the audience. Um, to have an open mind right? Open mind, open mind, open mind. And they have a saying in the, in the program, contempt prior to investigation, right? We will, uh, form an opinion on something that we haven't even investigated. We know nothing about it. And we, we, we're going to say no to it. No, I don't need that. No, 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 no. But you do not know anything about it. So open mind, be open, Be receptive, hear the information, take it in, and then make an educated uh, uh, choice. And secondly, say yes. The practice of saying yes, even when everything within you is wanting to say no, even though we want to shut down, even though we don't want to investigate, right? Because we have formed a habit and in that habit, it is safe and comfortable. So that is why we say no, right? That's why we are inclined to say no. So the practice of just saying yes, 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 I can. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Just the practice of saying yes. Yes. And see how that impacts the way in which we move forward. It is huge.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it really does build so much more of that positive energy. And that's really what it's all about because you know, you really are what you think. And when you're thinking, no, everything is no, everything is down. Everything is like, you know, nothing is really positive. When you start saying yes and the positive things, your whole, your your DNA changes. I mean, I really do believe that it goes into your body and it goes into your your the fiber of your being and it really does change you. You know, of course, you know this and I think probably most of the people that are listening are gonna know this, that you really do become what you think.
1: Yes. So
0: if you're thinking really negatively or things that are just constantly of that nature of it's not for me, it won't work. Well, you know what? You're right. It won't work if you're thinking that way. Yes. But as soon as you say, I am really going to change my thought process, I'm going, to give it, I'm going to give it everything that I have and just try it, pretty soon it becomes a good habit. And that good habit, happiness becomes a habit. You know, Happiness becomes a habit. And so it really becomes who you truly are. Then it's no longer you trying to do it. It's really who you become. So yes. this is really about becoming that. Becoming that embodiment of the health and the happiness and the addiction-free being that you truly, really are meant to be. So it's really important. And it really does start with up here, giving it the, giving it the go, but also working with people like you who really are experts in the field. Because let's face it, when people come to you, they are broken. They are broken. They need so much help. And it's really wonderful that you're doing what you do. It's unfortunate that you had to go through what you went through to get where you are. But honestly, every coach and every mentor that I know had to go through really bad stuff in order to get to where they are so that they can really teach properly. If you've never been through it yourself, you really won't be able to do it. I I know that there are lots of people that are in the recovery um, arena, but they've never been an addict. And a lot of times they don't really know. They may be wonderful people, and they may be, have something really worthwhile, but unless you've walked in those shoes, you don't really have it 100%. You just don't. So I know that you've been there, and I know that you are doing really, really wonderful work in the world. How can people get in touch with you if they want to? I know that you probably have a website or something going. I know you do, right? So how could they get in touch with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, so we have a free uh, gift that we would love to give to the viewers um, mm-hmm. with valuable, even more information, right? We just want to give you information to to assist you in taking away the struggle and the stress of trying to do this on your own, right? That we want to assist you any way we can. Mm-hmm. So if you visit sober. Soberheart.org mm-hmm. forward slash Sober Success Guide. I'll sober away.
0: Success Guide, G U I D E?
1: Yes, yep, yep. Soberheart.org mm-hmm. forward slash Sober Success Guide. guide. Uh, we, we have a guide there, five reasons why people do not stay sober and how you can. So just click on on that and uh, you can opt in for the free guide. And then we have some emails with some powerful videos chock full of more information to assist you. Also, you can reach out via email, greg at soberheart.org, greg at soberheart.org, G-R-E-G.
0: Greg, that is so great. Um, I think you're probably going to have a few people reaching out to you. Um, I personally know quite a few people that are struggling with addictions right now. As a matter of fact, a very good friend of mine, um, just a month ago, um, her sister's son, her nephew died of an overdose and she is devastated. It's only been a month. They cannot, they cannot get over this. And you know something, the sad part is that that young man, he was only in his 20s. I really do believe that if he had gotten some kind of into the program that you have, he would probably still be alive. Yeah. You know, so this is such a wake up call and so important. You were going to say something?
1: Uh, Yes, please. If it's okay. Um, With that story, yeah, such a sad story. I just hate hearing that. And, And what fuels me, what fires me is that I know that if my father had access to this information that we are sharing today, that he would still be alive today without a doubt. He would still be here. And that's what fires me and empowers me is because I live my father's legacy through me. And that's why I'm so mm, about this, uh, about this wisdom. And so when I, when I get done working with clients, we have breakthroughs and it's powerful and I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm driving in my car with the top down and I'm like, God, dad, Mm, I wish you were here. I wish I could just call you up and share with you the work that we're doing. And I hear from that deep listening, that deep knowing. I hear the voice of my father and he says, my dear son, I see it all. And I'm right there with you. So know in those, those experiences, nothing is for naught, that there's something more beyond what we can imagine. So true. So true.
0: We need, we need more of this. So how would you like to end this session?
1: Well, we talked about this before I asked your permission. Um, I love prayer. Prayer is a huge part of the work that I do. And, uh, you know, we can call it a prayer, a declaration, an affirmation uh, to to close our time today.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: So I invite us all just to close our eyes. And as we close our eyes, we just breathe in that breath that is life. Breathing it in through the nose, it is life, it is love, it is power. And as we exhale through the mouth, we just let go of all distraction, all fear, all doubt, all worry. We just let it go. And so in this moment, we are connected. Wherever we are watching this, hearing this, that we are connected that it is the energy of God that flows through each and every one of us. It is the very power of our heart. It is the very power of our breath. And so we call forth the blessing of this universe of God, of love over our lives, that we call forth protection and peace and joy and love and wisdom and truth. And so in this affirmation of prayer, this declaration of prayer, that we just open our minds and our hearts and our souls to receive, That we say yes to our best life, to our best love, to the best of everything. That we say yes to that infinite knowing and that divine wisdom that flows through us and as us. And we just say thank you, Giselle. Thank you for this beautiful platform. Thank you for allowing us to come together. Thank you for utilizing your life for the greater good, for the upleveling of consciousness on this planet. And so we go forth this day just in absolute gratitude and thanksgiving. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Wow. Oh. Mm.
0: I am, I'm right now flooded with that feeling, that that download, that electricity that comes through you. That feeling, that it's definitely a very tangible feeling. It's not just an imagination kind of a thing. There's seriously like energy coursing through my body that is really strong. And that happens a lot when I am in this kind of an environment. Okay. And, um, I just can't thank you enough, Greg. I think this is so beautiful, so wonderful, and I think that there are so many people that are in need right now, and they are going to um, they are going want more of this. <sighs> wow. Well, thank
1: you, Giselle. What a great oh, way to spend uh, uh, the day with you and with all the viewers. It's, it's such a gift. I'm so grateful. Thank you.
0: Well, you're very welcome. And um, I'm sure that we're going to want more of this, so we will definitely be in touch.
1: Awesome. Any way I can serve you all. I would love that.
0: Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you really got a lot out of this session and I'm sure you did because it was very powerful and very necessary. You can't, you really can't, uh, you know, put a, any kind of a, a, of a label on what we just experienced, but there's so many people that right now that are needing this and so many people that are going through really tough times. So you're not alone. There is a lot of help out there. And if you're feeling isolated or alone, please just reach out. You can always reach out, okay? So, all right, well, everyone, I'm going to end this wonderful, wonderful interview. And grand, again, uh, Greg, thank you so much for lending your, your special brand of, um, of inspiration to, to this show. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, bye, everyone.